but then we animated it. We like threw up like, here's the study and here's like things bouncing around and all the jazz. And it freaking tanked, man. The standard live classes with here is a PowerPoint presentation. Here is a talking head. (laughs) It's a recorded webinar. That is doing better than like the super high level animation job. It's like authenticity meets value meets like time to value in a way that doesn't make someone feel like they're listening to a sales pitch. Can you like tell them something useful really quickly? Welcome to the In The Pit podcast. I'm your host, Cody Schneider. This podcast is brought to you by Swell AI. Swell AI is a platform for content marketing powered by AI. Go to swellai.com to sign up for free. Let's get started with today's show. Let's jump into it. Dude, I was listening to this episode of like a different podcast the other day. Mm -hmm. It is weekend. And it just like was them meandering and like circle jerking each other like for the first five minutes. Like how can that be good for retention? So anyways, give me a banger. So right from the beginning is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) You should have guided me more, Cody. But I've been watching YouTube videos. And they literally, it's just a dude talking with a background and I don't like, they have like 10 K subscribers and the video has like a hundred K views. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, what am I even doing with my life? Like we have like, dude, we're hiring yes. out teams of editors and we're like trying to create the perfect hook. And then some dude with like a freaking shitty ass iPhone is just recording on the side of the street in Columbia. Bro, that content that's is going crazy. viral too. Like that's the thing I don't think people are realizing is like the more raw, and, like I think content goes in cycles, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. we want really refined and then we want really unrefined. But like, I think everybody is over influencer culture and they're like tired of like this like edited version of reality. And so they want this like, you know, raw version is what they're actually looking for there's this mm-hmm. bodybuilder i'm not even into bodybuilding but i watch him mm-hmm. i can't remember his okay. name right now but well, like, the, it's the, just, yeah you know who i'm talking about yeah mm-hmm. okay i'll i'll put him in the show notes but like, it, okay. like he, i don't know what it is he just like it's him going it's like a daily vlog but it's him doing mm-hmm. the thing he loves and he's super knowledgeable about it and it's really interesting and i think people are oh. looking for that what it's is like, it? Is it the young dude who people thought yeah, was yeah, on steroids? Yeah, he has the long hair. I'll, I'll look. It'll I'll, if I just go to YouTube, it'll it'll. He's it'll up, he's but. massive too. There's something to yeah. be said about he, having good camera press. Well, I feel like it's like <laughs> how the dudes. <laughs> the camera presence is that he takes up the whole whole damn screen. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's hilarious. So Cody. Okay, so I don't know if you've been watching our YouTube videos, but we we you know we do live classes, right? It's We've been, Sam you know, Solar. Like, is his name yeah 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 sam yeah yeah the the authentic stuff okay cody we've been doing we've been doing live classes for like the last two or three years right and we just created a new version of the live class and it's like these async live classes we need to come up with a better name for them but we they're like way better like we took like your your standard your standard powerpoint presentation but then we animated it we like threw up like here's the study and here's like things bouncing around and all the jazz and it freaking tanked, man. The just the standard live classes with here is a PowerPoint presentation, here yeah, is a, a talking head. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a recorded webinar. That is doing better than like the super like high level animation job. Dude, and I think yeah, I think this is what people want though. They like they got tired. They got tired mm-hmm. of refined shit. You know all those like like viral clip like there's all these like agencies now where it's like they like mm-hmm. they take your podcast and they'll make like these mm-hmm. like clip animations types things like yeah. i 
the data we're seeing and what we're hearing from people is like those are performing worse than just like I stitched together a crazy hook. Mm -hmm. I provide some type of insightful value. And then I have like a call to action to go on further. Right. And mm -hmm. like, of course, of course, the, the, it's like the, the, it's the classic, just like sales, you know, it's the marketing like sales mechanism that when, whenever you're trying to script anything, but that when it looks like it's shot on a, you know, on an iPhone is performing better than all this like edited stuff, which is super interesting. Do you think it's like the authenticity? It's like authenticity meets value meets like time to value, you know? It's Thousand. like like in, in, in a way that doesn't make someone feel like they're listening to a sales pitch. Can you like tell them something useful really quickly? Totally, totally. I think it's also like when it's longer form, it's like how do I get mm -hmm. that like dopamine hit every, you know, whatever that is, three to five minutes so that it's like, oh, I'm still here, I'm still here, I'm still here, right? Yeah. And so... I don't know. I'd be curious to see if like doing that same thing that you did the live class, but like have mm -hmm. it be them literally like walking around like in different locations. <laughs> so like Eve Henry and she's like, you know, whatever. She's going to like a park and then she's going to a yoga studio and then she's going, you know, like what her normal day is. And it's just like almost like a blog format. Like I have a strong gut feeling that that would probably like go viral and be fire. So Oh, shit. We should totally try that. S sorry. you. I love these conversations, Cody. Okay, Dude, so we've I'm been like... This is what I miss when we work together, man, because it mm -hmm. was just these all the time. So anyways, I'm stoked we're doing this. It's like we've been going down this path of like higher and higher and higher quality. It's like higher production value, more yep. cameras, more lights, blah, blah, blah. And it's almost like we need to like take a... What's the most authentic situation we can put someone in and talk about like a concept that's really important. Totally. Okay? Totally. I'm like, like you're at a grocery try store that. and you're looking at supplements or something, right? And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, I don't know. I don't know. For you guys, it's probably. Wow, I love that. No, that's so, great. But Or like you're at an organic food store, right? Like a natural mm -hmm. grocer's or like, you know, here's how you like, you know, here's how you look for bread or whatever. Or like, here's how like you like, you know, here's how to know it's sort of like the organic means this, right? Or whatever that is. But something like that, I don't I think that could be super interesting. And that's what people are looking for especially in the medical space, because it's like general knowledge is everywhere, but that expertise knowledge, remember, who is it? It, it? One of the practitioners was like, the best conversations are the ones that happen behind closed doors that like nobody is ever hearing, right? And it's yeah. like, I keep thinking about that of like, how do I take those conversations and, and put them in public and also mm -hmm. chop it up into all these small bite-sized pieces, right? So I can like, okay, whole other thing. Sorry, not to digress even further, but I just uh, saw this uh, company, dude, they're making like multiple channels for each of the, sorry, they're making multiple accounts for each of the channels that have for you page content. So they make like 10 TikToks and 10 mm -hmm. IG accounts and 10, like basically what they're doing then is then they go and they make clips, every one of those accounts, but they do them in different editing, like different, like caption fonts. Like, you know, different, mm -hmm. or sorry, font styles, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Like, basically what they're doing is they're taking that same piece of content, but they're doing like five, like he was, the guy said he's doing like 5,000 clips a month across all these different channels for a single company, right? But they make the handles. And so it's like Rupa Health Clips, Rupa Health Reels, you know, Swell AI Clips, Swell AI Reels, et cetera. And then it's just like chopping up that content and distributing it. Mm -hmm. And then you just use the social media scheduling app to actually do this, right? But anyways, like what they're, what they're seeing is like, okay, this just creates a higher end value, which means I'm going to find content, banger content faster. 
And then I take those bangers and I just remix those over and over again. So it's like, okay, cool. Like out of those 5,000, maybe a hundred hit. Okay. Well, like, let's just change the hook variation. Maybe we'll do a little bit different animation. And then we just recycle that same idea over and over again across these other accounts. And he's like, the data he was saying was like, we're seeing some accounts do like 150 million views across all these socials. So just another wow. thing, I'm going to start testing it. I'll, I'll talk about the data once I have it. But this was just like, you know, something else I saw somebody doing that was just crazy to me. So that's crazy, Cody. I need to try that. That's fun. I'm going to do with this podcast. I'm me. just thinking about like, I'm going to have a VA mm-hmm. and all that VA does <laughs> is just create clips like all day long. They just like find like clip moments and then they post them across all these different channels. And it's like three to five is what we're finding is like that kind of magic number for for you page content. Like that's the most that you can do on a, on a, on a, like a TikTok. But if I have 10 TikToks and I'm doing three to five, that's 30 to 50 different clips that I can test, right? I take those and it goes to YouTube shorts. It goes to reels. You can do that same thing across all the different platforms. Is it just me? I don't know how much time you spend like actually consuming Twitter, Cody, but I, I'm either stuck in some social loop of everyone has a VA now or all of a sudden everyone has a VA now because I keep, I keep seeing this pop up everywhere. It's both. I think we just live in a, like, we live in a bubble, a right? Bubble. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I always have to remind myself, like, yeah, the average person has never used ChatGPT. Like, we were just back mm-hmm. home, like, for Christmas. And, like, you know, <laughs> my girlfriend's family, like, not a single mm-hmm. one of them had used it, right? And, like, we like we both work in tech. Like, we, are, of course, we're talking about it. They know it exists, but mm-hmm. they, like, they don't have it on their phone. Like, they're not interacting with it yet. I don't think they're going to touch it until it becomes, like, such a, like, accessible thing that it's just, like, you know, omnipresent in all, everything that they do. But it's going to be a background thing more than ever mm-hmm. or more than anything. Like, it's like telling um, people, oh, you're going to adopt mobile. It's like, yeah, but like it took five years to get like the average person into, you know, an iPhone or like anything that was, you know, comparable from an Android perspective. Like we're, I mean, and most of the world, <laughs> they're just getting to, to base with mobile, right? Like mm-hmm. if we look at any of the developing nations, they're just getting to scale with like, you know, mobile penetration being at its max. And we're what? Over 10 years later, it's 15 years since we had this like new base level technology. So I, I'm looking at this as being kind of the same, the same like trajectory from adoption, maybe a little faster just because it's moving so quick. But that's fascinating. Do you see, I, I swear someone might, if this is wrong, someone's going to say this is wrong, but I didn't open it. I just hit like $10 billion of revenue or something. Dude, it's something um, crazy. Yeah. I don't I don't know the number off the top of my head, but I heard just, they... like, just saw the same thing. I, I thought their attention was going to be shit. Like when it first came out, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. This is super hypeful. I think this is going to change the world. But I think that this product as it is today, like their attention isn't actually going to be that that good. Like I, I wasn't having people telling us they're canceling their, their mm-hmm. chat GPT subscription to use Swell, right? Like it's a very specific use case. Mm-hmm. But they're like, yo, I was doing this in here before, but now I have a template with you guys. Like I'm just trying to automate this process. I, I don't want to chat with AI, right? Like chat mm-hmm. with AI, I keep, I will like say this until I die, but like chat with AI is like a great sandbox. But like when I'm trying to get a workflow done, like yeah. what I'm really trying to do is build an automation that's like a, mm-hmm. you know, a pre-saved output template. So, oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. It's like automation versus learning. I've, I, I wasn't actually using chat GPT for anything, except I started coding again and it's nice. fucking amazing for programming. Holy shit. Like it, it is it's so insane. much better than Google just being like, Hey, I'm trying to do this. What does that mean? Can you totally explain agree. this to me? Blah, blah, blah. 
but for absolutely for like automation, like, hey, I, I want you to go through this podcast and spit out a bunch of uh, pieces of content for me to use. Like, I don't want to have to talk to someone about that. I just like want no. that to get done. Yeah, exactly. And so like, so we just shipped this in Swell. We're calling it prompt chaining. But okay. like just how you have a chat with the AI, mm-hmm. like you can save that chat mm-hmm. template. And then reuse right? it. Mm-hmm. So hold on. Give me one second. Do it. Hell is going on. I'll edit this out, but you can. thought I was on D and D, but I guess I'm not. Yo, Cody, just train of thought. While you're gonna edit this piece out, we should we should run Sorry, this for me. like. Toby. You're good. Can you hear me still? I know. Yeah, I can hear you. My it okay. like connected my AirPods. I don't know what. Just... All right, sweet. I'll edit Wait. that. Or just leave. You're it. good. Kind of funny. Anyway, the yeah. So, like, we're calling it prompt chaining, and basically the idea is that I can like chain together a chat that I would have to create the mm-hmm. output that I'm looking for. But I can mm-hmm. have all these pre-saved things in there, like, hey, my tone style and voice is this, right? Mm-hmm. And like now, make a blog post outline based on this transcript. Oh, and now I want you to write a detailed blog post, right, about based on that outline in the tone style and voice that you like provided previously that can be saved as a template so like a chat that you would have with chat gpt mm-hmm. is saved as a template and then all i have to do is i provided raw material the analogy i've been using is like hey we take oil and we turn it into plastics and gasoline and diesel and all of these other things you know that's that's all content marketing is right it's like take ideas like you know long form ideas and like chop them up into these outputs that are native to whatever the platform is that I'm trying to do distribution through. So that's kind of where my head's at with it all. That's fascinating. Cody, I have a question for you while I got you here. So there's different like modes and places you can use AI to create content right now, right? Like you got blog articles, you got pictures, like pictures are super easy, right? Like the very first thing I did when AI came out was I created an Instagram account and was like, I'm just going to freaking post pictures all day long. But then like I immediately realized like the arbitrage for that went away in like a month. Like all of a sudden, everybody was like creating, creating photos. I'm curious where you see there to still be like arbitrage in the world for people to use AI to like create content. Like my brain is thinking like books, like basic software, like it's becoming really easy to just clone certain apps. I'm I'm curious how much arbitrage you think there is still in like articles and like getting stuff to rank for SEO and just like where, where it still exists in the world. Yeah, so I think the general knowledge, like the LLM has general knowledge, right? And like, that's mm-hmm. going to become a commodity. The, like, and it's just a matter of time. Like for SEO, I think we have like an 18 month to 24 month window. Like in that, that okay. you know, that's when we started Draft Horse, that was my view. I still, I still have that, right? So where all of the like differentiation is going to come from is it's the same thing we've always talked about, right? It's like industry mm-hmm. experts that have domain knowledge that the AI just doesn't conceptually understand if I try to prompt it. So, how where I'm thinking about it is like, okay, cool. I want to write an article about like, let's say like marketing for hotels or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to go talk to like the 10 like best hotel marketers in the world. And I'm going to mm-hmm. have a 20 to 30 minute conversation with all of them. I take those transcripts and then I say, okay, blo- you know, mm-hmm. AI, make a blog post outline for like this keyword that y- y- we're trying to rank for. I want the source material that you pull from. It can only be this content, like this these transcripts that I provide you, right? And so that thought, that industry expert knowledge is going to become more and more valuable. That's the only way that like, because the, the AI is, it's only going to ever write to the bell curve, right? Like the mm-hmm. average, it's never going to do the tails. And like, that's where you get 
most of the time, that's where all the value comes from is the tails, mm-hmm. right? Like, why do we do a hundred different ads? It's because two of them are the fun the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, how this is how I, where I think this goes, like, it's mm-hmm. just going to be another tool in the writing process. Like it's what journalism has done for forever, right? It's like, what does a journal, like a good journalist do? They talk to experts, they get their insights, they organize them. They then write an article based on a templated output that they know will provide value to the company. And then they just do that process over and over again. Well, okay, we can just speed that process up way more, you know, quickly and effectively. Fascinating. It's like the knowledge and insight is still important. And then the AI allows you to build things off of that faster. Yeah, extract less that, that insight, right. Mm-hmm. And as context windows get bigger and bigger, like it's going to become more and more value. Like, so, so say right now I wanted to go write a book about telehealth. Like yeah. I call, you know, top 100 people mm-hmm. in the telehealth space. And I interview just each interview them them. for an hour. And then I would say, okay, AI, pull out like, the 20 chapters that are interesting, like, like based off of the source material, like I put it in the mm-hmm. one, you know, like in the Claude context, the, their, their max, or I put it into like GPT-4, the 128K context limit. So I put their entire, all those transcripts and I'd be like, okay, you know what I do actually is I'd have it rank stack the ideas. So I'd be mm-hmm. like, what are the ideas that are referenced the, the most? And then mm-hmm. like rank stack mm-hmm. the insights. And then based on that, I would be like, okay, cool. I'm going to write a book based on this. But I'd say, all right, like, here's the outline for the book. Here's the chapter titles, write chapter one, you know, for this, right? And then keep it in that context window. And then you basically, like, that would pull out all of, like, that. you would have, you know, it would be raw, but it would, like, be the first draft of this book would be done. And then you could layer in, like, okay, here's the tone style and voice of the author. Like, here's Mm -hmm. previous writing that they've done in the past. Or even just like, here's a transcript of them talking. Now write it in that tone, style, and voice that we provided. But it's still using that source material. That's 100% doable right now, like in this moment. Oh, that's what. Okay, so I'm rereading How to Win Friends and Influence People, like after a decade. I haven't like listened to it in like 10 years. I'm just like going through it again. And they describe exactly that process, like at the start of the book. They're like, this is how we did it. Is like we we interviewed a hundred people and we I, ha- I hired a researcher who spent a year and a half going through all of the transcripts of all the famous people like trying to figure out how they get along with people. Like this is like a super common thing, right? It's like you're reading a book and like you might have a, a person who's like I have knowledge, but then how do I gain knowledge around me? And then they go in and they write up a book based off of this like collected assortment of like facts that yes. lives in their brain and these other people. So what you're saying is you could just mass not mass produced books but you could produce books with ai by just interview people extract the data and then use the ai to then be like okay off of this data set go off and create things i mean that's, that's fascinating in itself, right it's yeah. like talk to all the oil and gas pros and be like hey like mm-hmm. what i'm going to do is i'm going to aggregate all these conversations and i'm going to synthesize it down for you and i'm going to if you if you take part of this survey like mm-hmm. you'll get this free, but then I can go and I can sell that for 25 grand to its, you know, a C-suite individual that needs to have industry insights. Like that uh, is, a, is a business, right? And like dude, that now, like there's people doing that. I, mm-hmm. I guess the thing that I'm thinking about more and more is like, what are these things that like are already happening and how do we just mm-hmm. augment, you know, how, how do we automate as much of that as possible? Like surveys is a great example. I, mean, I, I think I'm probably going to build this just like I'm going to hack it together because I'm, I'm starting to program more too, just because it's so, mm. easy, you know, but yeah, like, yeah. Surveys, what I'm really trying to get from the surveys is like, what is the insight? Like, what is the knowledge from that? So like if I'm doing customer mm-hmm. research of like why you churned, right? 
imagine, okay, they do this survey and I get whatever, 200 responses. I can go through that manually and try to pull out like what are the repeating things. Or I can say, okay, let's put this in a context window. I'm going to rank stack these. Mm -hmm. what, are the what are the top reasons that they're churning? Boom, boom. Here's one, two, three, four, five. I hand those insights off the product. Mm -hmm. Product then goes and they solve those problems and I just reduce churn, right? So okay. like that is happening now. Just mm -hmm. build the AI solution for it. And that's a massive company. Can I give you a slight direction there too? So all of our calls are recorded. Yep. Like in HubSpot. Yep. I want something to just extract all of our sales calls and then spit out. Here is everything that they said. So our, our sales team is doing that manually right now. So they talk to a user. The user says, oh, I can't activate because you guys don't have this lab in New York. And we're like, ah, oh, damn it. Okay. And then we take that and we create a feedback ticket. So now we have these feedback tickets. They're manually submitting into HubSpot. And then we collect those. And then we look at the data every week and we say, these are the reasons why people aren't activating for a product. This is a huge process. It's a pain in the butt. Like we don't get really good information off of that. I don't know. Like what one of the things we need to do to level up our sales process is extract all of that and yep. then run it through AI and then have the AI tell us, hey, this was said this many times and then just feed that to our product team. Dude, straight up. I would just like, <laughs> like you could do this two ways. You could have a way yeah. like each conversation, I extract the insights mm -hmm. and then I then take all those insights from, you know, we'll say a hundred calls. Mm -hmm. then say, okay, like rank stack these insights. And when I'm saying rank stacking, what that's doing is like, it's looking at how often that's referenced. And then mm -hmm. one is the most referenced. Two is the second most referenced. Three is the, the third most referenced, right? It's just mm -hmm. a, I, I can't remember who showed me this, but it's, it's, it's basically a linguistic tool. Like it's a, it's an, a linguistics idea yeah. for like, what's the most important like word within a sentence or within mm -hmm. a, a, a corpus or a body of work. You're just using that same, but the AI is really good at this. Like it's really, really good at being like, oh, this thing is the most referenced thing, right? So we can mm -hmm. make that the priority. But so you could do that or the other way is like, just take all the transcripts and then you put it in a massive context window and you say, okay, weekly, we just go, <laughs> like we put it into the 128 and we're like, all right, mm. extract all the knowledge from this. Like what are the, what are the top 10 reasons that people are saying they are, you know, they aren't activating or they're not, they're not buying. And it will just spit those out. And then that gets handed off the product. And what you could even do further is if it is a transcript and it's timestamped, you could be like, okay, also include the timestamps where this is referenced so that mm -hmm. the product team can then go back, go and, back listen and listen to conversations exactly. And so then it's like, okay, cool. I can like go and find these, these, these pieces. That, that would be way more tricky, just like figuring that out. But anyways, just an idea. I'm so excited, Cody. We're currently hiring like a revenue operations manager. We just realized we have like almost 20 salespeople and the shit's getting too chaotic. And oh. we're like, time to level up all these processes. It's going to be amazing. Cool. What do you want to talk about next? I know we had a personal branding. I, I think that's mm -hmm. what the year of 2024 will be. Like when we look back in 2025, it's going to be like, I'm seeing... Every founder and C-suite individual mm -hmm. spin up a podcast and then they're like, how, you know, basically they're trying to get all of these <laughs> conversations that they're having in public in the form of like clips, tweets, LinkedIn. Like this is our current thesis right now with Swell. It's like, how do we mm -hmm. own as much of that process as possible? Just because like it, it's the same, it's such a high leverage thing that they can go do, right? Like, it's like, why are we, like, why are we even having this conversation, right? Like you and I. Like your goal is like long-term, you're trying to build this personal brand so you can go do the next, you know, the next thing, whenever that is in the future. It also gives you more leverage, like within the organization that you're at. 
but like, so as a founder, it makes sense because it's like, oh, I can add an excuse to reach out to my target mm-hmm. customers and have conversations with them. I'm like, hey, Greg, come have, you know, jump on this call. I want to interview you about your success and blah, blah, blah. And everybody likes talking about themselves. So it's an excuse to get them there. And that creates inbound. It also creates all this content. And then as mm-hmm. like an individual at a company, I just talked to this, I was on a podcast like two weeks ago and she, I, I was saying this to her, I'm like, as you grow like your own personal brand, like w- within the organization that you're a part of, you suddenly start to get more leverage. So like that mm-hmm. gives you like leverage to negotiate higher salaries. That gives you leverage. Like, you know, they don't want to get rid of you because you have all <laughs> of this like, like we're seeing this more and more. We're like in B2B, like I, you could use that in negotiations, like with the contracts mm-hmm. that you have. Like, oh, you have 50K followers on LinkedIn. You get like a hundred like engagements per post that you do. Like that can be a factor of why you're getting paid for and like why you're at that company. And you're going to see this happen, I think this year, even like more and more with all this. But I'm curious your thoughts there and like how you're thinking about it. We've started getting like so many people at our company to start tweeting. Like we, we got our, we got our chief of staff to start tweeting. Tara finally passed 10K followers. Philip is tweeting our head of media. We got our head of outbound sales, Adrian, like on the tweet train. It's honestly really funny. We basically took all a bunch of people at our company Dude, that we Adrian's thought had like really engaged. Yeah. I need to go, yeah. Paul, I need to go look at his stuff. I love Adrian. I feel like Adrian have the best content, man. He's just going to post about creating like little Rupinots and his dog and he, all of his stuff's going to go viral. But okay, so we're hiring a head of engineering. If anyone's looking for a job, Rupel is hiring. But... Tara is interviewing a bunch of candidates and almost half of them are like, yeah, the first place we heard about you guys was actually Twitter. So we, it's, it's not just personal brand. It's so high leverage. Mm -hmm. It's so high leverage. leverage. Especially early stage. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyways, we, we just, the inbound I get is insane. That's all I'm saying. Like that alone. I don't know if I've made even a dollar off of my Twitter account, you know, like Mm -hmm. besides the terrible C, you know, RPM that they pay out right now. But like. The amount of inbound and like just the relationships through that is absolutely nuts. Like if you're a founder, especially a CEO founder, like thousand that and you're building some type of software, like what Tara is doing is going to be the biggest unlock for you guys to get good eng talent, like full stop. Yo, told Tara she needs to get to 100K followers by the end of the year. That's her. That's her 2024 Twitter goal. Honestly, though, we need to get her to start doing more stuff like this. Like, it doesn't even matter, like, the size of the podcast. We need to just get her to start creating more content. I'm really excited for that. But, yeah, 20, just, 2024 yeah, is going to be, like, a year. Just have her, have her friends on. Like, that's straight up it. Mm-hmm. And, and be like, listen, like, this is for personal branding for you. But, like, she, it's her talking to other Yo. CEOs that she knows. Mm-hmm. And it's just an hour of her time. It's just like a catch-up call, but it's in public, right? Like people live for that. Code. Especially for her that's like a female founder. Like she could crush it so, so, so hard. Okay, okay. So this is my dream. And I think they've had test episodes. And I really hope that this actually happens. But I think they, Tara and her brother and her dad might create like the Viswanathans, like the podcast. And so it would be 100%. like those guys, and then they just like invite in their friends and stuff. It, it would be so freaking huge. Be messed. Yeah, she's like, she's she's building a wildly, I don't know the right word to properly describe this in a politically correct recorded way. But she's she's building a very strong following of loyal followers who go through all of her stuff, just like everything is is wild. 
hundred percent. And it's just like how I'm thinking about it more and more is like, I just have leverage, like media is leverage, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. why did, why did old CEOs go buy newspapers? <laughs> right? Like mm -hmm. why did the, the, the robber barons all do this? Right. It's because it gives them leverage and it's also a defense mechanism. So like if, mm -hmm. if, if one of their competitors tried to slander them, they have this mm -hmm. vehicle that they can come back at them at. Right. And so mm -hmm. to me, the Elon purchase of Twitter, like I've been saying, mm -hmm. like everybody's been saying this, like this is that version. Like this is the new, like you don't buy the Washington Post. You buy a social media platform. Like that's what the, this new thing is, right? Like we're going to see this happen more and more where you're, like these people, like CEOs are going to do this. Like they're going to build or buy these media companies because it's a vehicle for them mm -hmm. to basically like put out whatever it is that they're trying to promote. So, and I think that like, Cody, I'm, I, I'm so excited. I'm trying to figure out the numbers around this I can share, but we've been building our media with Rupa for like a long time now. But like 2024, it's like really starting to compound. Like I think our magazine by the end of the year. How many years be, has it been? It's been four years, right? Yeah. It's, it's, no, it's just I, wild I, thinking I, about like the, the start of 2023, we were doing like maybe 10K page views a month. Now, at the end of the year, we're doing 200K a month. At the end of next year, we're going to be at like a million plus a month. Dude, um, and that's not even and then, the impression like, that the, you're getting the, on Google, right? Like, that's the whole other mm, piece of this. Mm, like, that's just, that's just traffic. Like, think about the impression. Like, if I wanted to go pay for that CPM, like, just to throw out numbers, we'll say there's a 1% click-through rate, right? So that's 100 times 200,000. Oh, what is that? Math I, I can math tell you, like. Cody, we, we, we bid on it. We bid on it. Like we yeah, have it's, organic. It's 20 million paid. impressions that we you spend. Yes. We spend millions of dollars on paid search and our organic is bigger now. And I can't wait. I can't wait until I can actually like share the graphs and everything and show like retroactively. But 20 to 2024 is like the year of search for us is our, our media is like actually going to be absolutely massive. And social search yet? Well, I'm, I'm seeing this more and more with Gen like Z TikTok millennials are using TikTok, yeah, in particular for mm -hmm. their search engine. And this is actually another interesting idea. Like, mm -hmm. why is that happening? Like, my hypothesis mm -hmm. is that this is the same thing of like they don't trust like Google anymore, right? Like, mm -hmm. they like why is content that's raw and unedited going viral? It's because mm -hmm. people yeah. like don't trust all of the edited stuff anymore. So with TikTok. They're searching there because there's like a face attached to the answer. So if I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, recipe for X, Y, Z, or if I search like how to do ABC for taxes, right? There's yeah. this human at the other end of that, that like I can point at and be like, no, Jessica is full of shit. Like she <laughs> gave me this information and it's, it's wrong, right? Or like Rob, mm -hmm. he's not even an accountant. Like how is he talking about this? You know, right? Rather than some nameless, faceless, like blog post article that half of it is written by AI and not reality. Okay, okay. I actually I actually understand this, Cody. So, um, first of all, there, there's always been a ton, a ton of search traffic for videos, right? Like, like for like the last couple of decades, it's not true anymore, but for the last couple of decades or however long YouTube has been around, like searching for videos on YouTube was like the primary way you get traffic, right? Shorts are incredible value to time. So if you just want to like figure out how to do something really quickly, shorts are like the best way to get that done. Like I'm really dumb and trying to write me personally. This is true. I'm like trying to figure out how to like lift weight correctly. So I'm, I'm like 
how do I squat correctly? Like, how do I do like, how do I do like a deadlift correctly, you know? And I don't want a five minute video being like, here's how you squat correctly. Like, I just want like someone being like, boom, seven seconds. Here's how you do a squat, right? Yeah. Give, so me, give super... me the bullet list and give me the visuals. Yeah. So it's super important because if you, if, if it needs, it's like, it's like, it's like, it needs to go one direction or the other. Like either you need to take your five minute video and you need to give all the valuable information in 60 seconds, or you need to explain something really hard and complicated that takes 20 to 30 minutes to explain. I like, and like you, like, yeah, yeah, you got to do both. You got to do both. Right. But you got to figure out what, what is, what is important? What are you trying to express? And then yeah. does it deserve to be 60 seconds or does it deserve to be 30 minutes? And then you need to go in one direction because totally. it's the shit in the middle that doesn't perform really well right now. 100%. It's either a super in-depth content from an expert or it's that same expert mm -hmm. giving the high level version of that or somebody else doing like a remix of it. I want to I want to I want to yep. coin this term right now. I want to and call it just in just in time content. So like I love it. Yeah, so like when I'm looking for that short-term video like you're just describing mm -hmm. with like mm -hmm. that squat thing, like I don't want a whole yeah. educational thing that's 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I just need an answer like right now. And so that's just in time content. And like, there's mm -hmm. going to be more and more, like there's a huge opportunity to make that. And especially with all the channels moving towards this, right? With like YouTube shorts, with Instagram yep. reels, like TikTok, it's all like, you don't need followers anymore. I think that's the thing that's like, I'm really trying to realize and like understand. Mm -hmm. Like if the content will go viral on these platforms with or without it. Mm -hmm. It's good and it like yeah. provides the value. Now it's just a numbers game. So I'm like over here and I'm like, okay, I'm, you're doing, you know, the tradition is like post once a day on LinkedIn. And I'm like, how do I post five times a day? And it's like, the tradition is like mm -hmm. two, you know, three to five tweets on Twitter. And it's like, okay, how do I post 10 tweets per day? Right. <laughs> and each of them are providing some type of entertainment or value. And then looking at all these channels, like YouTube shorts, how do I do five videos per day or whatever the max is that I see the greatest result? Mm -hmm. And then just like, yeah, do that over and over again and do that with multiple channels. Like why, why isn't, why don't I have 10, 10 different Twitters? that are all doing the same ideas, the same different variations. But maybe it's like parody accounts that are like doing the opposite of like what I said, right? So I say this and then mm. it like writes the, it writes the, the contradictory version of that. I don't know. Like I, I think it can be both of those things. And that, that's what I'm really interested in thinking about. Sorry, mm -hmm. interested in experimenting with this year from a content standpoint. That's fascinating. You're not wrong. You know, like like some channels, you need to build up a subscriber count. But like like Twitter, if you have like a thousand or two thousand followers, and like you say something really engaging, like it blows up, right? Totally. So look, IG, if you have an IG account with like mm -hmm. five thousand followers, and you do a reel that's fire, like mm -hmm. it'll go, like it'll go, like if it's if it's engaging. Like YouTube is even crazier. It's like a thousand mm -hmm. subs, and you have like, yeah, five. no, I I don't think your subs matter at all for. Yeah. For for the shorts, like yeah. like I'm almost a hundred percent confident it doesn't even factor in your subscriber count. At are you guys next... library of content? I'm curious about how you guys are like at, like in a company are actually thinking about this, realizing that like your library of your past content, mm -hmm. like we half the time people don't even know what's in there, mm -hmm. and so something that we're like we're starting to build is basically like a search engine for mm -hmm. your past content. So like say mm -hmm. I want to make a ton of clips again, we'll just use mm -hmm. telehealth as the example. Yeah, like, I have this library. It's all transcribed, and I'm like, you know, do do do, make me clips based on telehealth, right? Mm -hmm. And it goes to that entire back catalog, and it pulls out clips related to telehealth because that's what we just saw go viral on, you know, YouTube Shorts. Yeah, cool. we don't do anything too sophisticated, but we definitely like repost our bangers, you know. 
Like Tara just did this. Like she had this one thing. She's like, I posted about a candidate and the candidate said this thing. And like that tweet like blew up. And then we had Lindsay, the chief of staff we hired, who that tweet was about, like start tweeting about it. And Lindsay was like, this is about me. And then like Tara reshares that. And then like that blows up again, like all over her, her tweet that she did about like living with her brother and her boyfriend. And then her parents are underneath of her. Like we occasionally will like bring that back up. And then all of a sudden, like that continuously like feeds the cycle. Dude, it's the same ideas. My most viral tweet last year was like, it's, it's. I think it was something like, it's not an API wrapper with a tailwind front and it's a money printer. And so I just did like variations of that over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Like same idea. And and like that, you're basically taking the same hook, but you're adding mm-hmm. some type of other value after it is how I'm thinking about it more and more. So like mm-hmm. I use that, like it's you know, it's an API wrapper with a tailwind front end. It just, it just bought me a, a vacation home, right? Or whatever, mm-hmm. like some version of that. And, and like, it's those same, you're just, it's funny, this, this, that, what we're, to, to, to connect these dots, like mm-hmm. that agency that we were talking about earlier, that's using their like multiple social accounts on, on each of the platforms. It's just taking that idea, but it's using it in a different channel. Right. So it's like, oh, like, here's the viral content that happened on Twitter. Look, we're just going to remix that over and over. Here's the viral content that happened on YouTube shorts. We're just going to remix that over and over. Same hook, just like different variations of the value that it provides. So it's like hook, insight, and then that call to action is how I'm thinking about it more and more. That's fascinating. I love that. So talk to me about hiring, like with this mm-hmm. as a vehicle, like, would, so say like Twitter as an example, mm-hmm. like, is there, so you're like, yo, we're, we're hiring, you know, a head of engineering. Like, what, what do you see the response be to that? Like, is it just like, is it correct? Like, are you shocked by the number or is it kind of like, oh, this is what I expected or what does that look like? Or how are you even doing it? Maybe it's a better yeah. like Like, to get so, candidates. I'm not shocked by, like, the number of people that apply. So, like, we do the standard thing, right? You post on Twitter. You say, hey, everybody, I'm hiring for head of engineering. Or I'm hiring for this role. And you get some people that like it. And like, wow, that's so cool. And they engage and blah, blah, blah. What real, what's really cool is our outbound efforts where, like, we deeply believe. I don't know if I can say this. Uh, whatever. We believe that some of our best, some of our best candidates have come from outbounding efforts, that there are people who are happy in their jobs and we had to reach out to them and steal these A players. And it's those people that are like t- willing to talk to us and then being like, yeah, I knew about you guys from Twitter. That, that's what oh, blows my mind. It's like, it's like not, it's like not even inbound. It's like they're auditing, mm-hmm. they're yeah. auditing you as like being legit mm-hmm. with like your social presence. Super interesting. Yeah. It's like what happened with our outbound sales team, where when we first started outbound sales and no one knew who the hell we were, like it yeah, was totally. a really horrible effort. But like now we call people up and like, oh my God, I've totally heard of Rupa Health before. Like I've been thinking about using you guys. Totally. Is that totally. Like, why the hiring. fuck you do a podcast and cold email everybody this, the, the, mm-hmm. every episode, right? It's because they like, they start to know it's just a, it's an awareness thing, which makes your sales team's job way easier. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just old school marketing <laughs> with a new uh, medium. Yeah. It. It's like it's like the real the real value of I'm social need to make is a podcast for fucking podcast producers. I'm just podcast for podcast producers. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that's the thing though, Cody. Like if you build like a million followers, like it's not just the inbound and the ability to post. It's your ability to outbound and to reach out to anyone in the world and for them to pick up the phone because they're like, oh, I know this person. Like I want to talk to them. They seem cool and interesting, like we, right? Like we we saw this with like I did cold DMs when I first start, like had a small mm-hmm. Twitter account reception, super shit. 
I cold DM now and like, I think I'm only at like 16K or something, but the response mm-hmm. rate is so much higher. And it's really interesting when you compare that to like email, because mm-hmm. like with email, it's like there's none of that social metric built into like mm-hmm. that social proof of the follower count of that individual. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when you have a larger account that looks like it's active and people engage with it, like I guess what I'm trying to say is like cold outbound is actually better in social because there's social proof built into it. And it will probably perform better than email because there's so social proof built into it. I wonder if you could include that in the emails where it's like, you know, like images of like your followers on Twitter or image like a screenshot even. I'm gonna test this. I'll I'll come back. But like including that social proof in the in the cold email. So it's like you get the effect mm-hmm. that you're getting with with like Twitter, like with a social media account, but it's in a medium that it's like volumes can be way higher, et cetera. Fascinating. I didn't even think about that. I wish our users were on Twitter. Our users totally are on Twitter. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like if someone messages you and they have like a hundred thousand Twitter followers, like you send them a message back and be like, Hey bro. What's up? Um, yeah. What's up? Wild. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm really curious to see how this scales. Like just in the next year, I, I think you totally are right. That there's a wave of people like focusing on realizing media is important, realizing their personal brand is important. It's crazy that it's like taken us this long to like get it through our skulls. I just but think that the very early of trends. Like my mm. process right now is like I take this out of Riverside, I drop mm. it into Descript, I studio sound, I cut out the ums and ahs, I like reduce the word gaps. So if there's any, so there's like no like mm. two second, you know, whatever difference. And then I take that, I drop it into Swell, it, re, it you know, repurposes all the content for me. And we're, we're just starting to build social media scheduling. I, I, I like, we will probably have it out and like, honestly, when this drops. And so like that, we're just starting with like, I think we're going to do YouTube shorts first, just cause we're already verified by YouTube for their API access and usage. But like, then you'll be able to like, I can give it raw materials. It will find, mm-hmm. it'll make the content and then I'll be able and to then schedule, schedule it. it. Yeah. And then just schedule it. And then, and then where we can take it from there is like, okay, now we can pull from the API, the insights of like, what's the most viral content. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can we go back to that back catalog and let's find and more of that viral content. And then we just created the growth loop. Right. So anyway, that's, I'm pretty excited about it. We didn't want to do this, but it's like, people keep asking for it. And so we're like, mm-hmm. all right, just like suck up more and more of that process of that workflow that they're doing as like as much as possible, basically. Okay, so what's really interesting about that, Cody, is that I think it highlights one of the places where there's a lot left to build with AI tools. It's getting the AI to go out into the world and do things. I'm a, I'm an investor in a bunch of bunch of AI companies, and it's interesting where like what what needs to be built isn't necessarily like the AI, but it's like hooking up the AI to other things. Yeah, it's like give, give making the AI have the capability to like go and do stuff. So like in this case, it's like, cool, we take the content, the AI does this thing, and then go talk to the social media and work with all these other systems and go and yes. do that thing. I, I think this is happening like customer support. Media manager. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's what, that's what, or probably three team members. It's a video editor. Mm-hmm. It's a social media manager. It's like, you know, maybe a VA over the top of it. But like that, that job. Like again, now how I'm thinking about this, it's like, cool. Mm-hmm. I sit down, we talk for whatever, maybe 45 yeah. minutes, an hour. And, and then you're done. You're done. You're done. And it mm-hmm. just like goes and it's just, it's now proliferates and it's out in the world. And like what happens when I connect 10 different YouTube accounts, you know, <laughs> Cody Schneider clip, Cody Schneider reels, right? Paul did. And 
it's mm-hmm. automatically scheduling all these different clip variations to that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it just, I mean, wh- Max and I are talking about like, oh, well, what if we just have like a switch where it's like, turn this switch on and it will just like mine your old content and it's mm-hmm. going to create clips based off of the data that it's like analyzing. Like that's totally mm-hmm. doable. Now. Where it's like, okay, cool. Like this clip, here's the transcript of it. It's about this idea. Go find me more ideas in the back catalog. That's like about this. And then it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, again, that just runs like it's not. And obviously, like, it, it depends, like, I'm just thinking about it as, like, how do you automate it entirely? There's totally a way mm-hmm. humans into the loop of that. And, like, that's something we're, I don't, I don't really want to do. Like, I don't want to build a video. Yeah. Editor, but there's other things that could be really cool. Like, we have been experimenting with taking, like, a 30-second clip. And then we're like, okay, mm-hmm. like, make an image based off of this part of the transcript. And so mm-hmm. then it, like, adds B-roll to that conversation. So, like, imagine, like, we're talking right now and then, like, flashes mm-hmm. an image, right? And then uh, that's AI generated by Dolly. And then it yeah, does that every five seconds. Have you have you seen those video AI video generators? Yes. Stable like stable diffusion or stability stability video. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but yeah, I see them on Twitter yeah, and I'm like, AI, damn. stable diffusion or stable video. Diff- and I'm just like, imagine that, right? But it's yeah. like I have it's a automatically inserted. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's totally doable. Totally doable. It's now, it's just like, I mean, our biggest challenge, and this is the problem with self-funding, it's just like, like there's so much we need and can build. It's just Focus. like, yeah, exactly. It's like, what's signal through noise? And it's like, I can't go and hire, you know, 10 eng tomorrow, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, I could, I mean, we're starting to experiment with offshore teams, like mm-hmm. more and more and just seeing like the quality output, but. Where, where are you doing that? I'm curious. Like Israel, dude. Just the absolute mecca. It's crazy. And they all are just hungry. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we, we came friends with these kids that are out there. They, they, they're like 22, 23 and they were going to go raise money. And I was like, dude, you should just like, see if you can do this without it. Like build, you know, just do a company and see what happens. Mm -hmm. I think they just got their like 20 K MRR. Like they're, you know, they're rich, you know, they're now like their life is like, it's done, you know, and they can, yeah, yeah, it's different. They can go do their next thing. And so, and it, that was like in the span of eight months that they happened. Right? And so anyways, we got connected with them and he runs this like WhatsApp group with all of these engineers that are like 17, 18, they're recent recruits to the, like the military, like cybersecurity. And they have like mm-hmm. a, a window of like 12 months where they can just like, they already are recruited, but they need that shit to do. And so that like, yeah, we're just going to start hiring from that is what it looks like. Wow, that's fascinating. I, you know, I've been looking about where I can hire offshore eng too. I get, I, I've heard Brazil is good. Yeah, but it, just because they have like the largest tech sector mm-hmm. in, in South America, I haven't had a ton of success with. I have with like Eastern Europe, but it's just the time mm-hmm. zone. It's just an absolute Hard. nightmare, right? So it's trying to figure that out. But the the Israelis are like, yo, we'll stay up till like four a.m. We don't care, you know. They're like. They're 18 year old kids just hacking away, right? So it's like mm-hmm. they'd be programming either way. That's like kind of like where it's at. And so, like, that's how we're looking at like tapping into it, right? And again, this is just a different way to do it. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong, but you know, so. um, it's really, it's really interesting, especially in the age of AI where it's so much easier to become a programmer. What I've tried to split it into is that. Your like A plus talent that's making really important hard decisions yep. needs to be like US San Francisco software yes. engineers. 
But people that are like taking a spec'd out roadmap and then just going and executing on that roadmap, yes, I don't. I think that can be outsourced. Hundred um, percent. That's how Max and I are thinking about this. Is like basically yeah. like. Yeah, you know, it's just a Trello board where it's like mm -hmm. five different ends. They all are in different time zones and they pull across, right? Like it's yeah. like Max is there as a resource. Like mm -hmm. he has all the knowledge on the code base. So he becomes available and like there's certain overlap times. Like we require them to be like online, you know, simultaneously with Max at XYZ hours or whatever. But yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I'll, I'll like as it, as we, you know, start to ship on this, we'll, I'll talk about it more, like just like what we're seeing, but. This is good content. You should make like a little graphic that shows like the breakdown of like how work needs to be done where, because like we, we live in like a crazy time, right? Like everywhere is remote. You can hire from anywhere in the world. And we also have AI. So it's like, what is the work that needs to be done by like US tech workers? What can be offshored to like remote workers? And like, can I tell you how I'm completely automated with AI. Yeah, I got to tell you Please. This how we're doing customer service. So like okay. traditionally hiring people was like hard, right? Because it's like mm -hmm. you're it, it, at, at a price point that makes sense on these offshore. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I wonder if I can just build like a GPT, right? That, mm -hmm. that they can go and query the questions that people are coming from. So there's still a human filter, but now they have like a chat bot that they can go ask questions to. Like the customer asks mm -hmm. this, like, mm -hmm. can we do that? Is that possible? And then mm -hmm. what it does is it will write a response for them in English mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. feels native. So it doesn't feel like I'm talking to somebody in the Philippines or in Colombia, right? So suddenly I just took this offshore talent and like I can pay them a good salary for what they are. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we're hiring like a bunch of young, like recent grads out of, out of college, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing this right now. And like for them, like I, I can just throw them into the fire. And then here's this thing that's like teaching them along. And if there's a question mm -hmm. that it can't answer, then they can reach just out talk to it, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. they're 80% of the way there with this, mm -hmm. this, this custom chatbot that we have internally that's like our customer service, you know, Swell AI customer service chatbot. It's literally just a GPT that we share with them is like what, what, what we're doing. So now imagine that. <laughs> so like this actually idea, I, this came from somebody else that was using a chat with PDF mm -hmm. as a way to mm -hmm. like onboard their, their like, customer service team mm -hmm. so like the chat like they basically like wrote a uh, 100 page pdf on like everything related to the product yeah and then you could chat with it and ask it questions right and then that mm -hmm. would help them basically create these responses but i'm like what if we even take it a step further and we like build the tone style and voice that we want the brand to come off and like hey you'd be super friendly use emojis like all of these things and then that human is just like making sure like, oh they're just validating like yes or no is this right or not and then that, what that does is like it opens them up so that they can do even more documentation on the product. So then they'll live in our knowledge base and they're going to write these articles out based off of like, you know, demos that I do on Loom. And then we just take those transcripts and then they're turning those into like, you know, articles that are uh, tutorial. You know what I don't understand, Cody? Everyone keeps saying that, hey, the real winners of AI is going to be like these masses behemoths and that the value is going to accrue to like the people at the top. But the big companies like why hasn't hubspot done that yet like 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 hubspot should be looking at all of my emails and all my phone calls and like giving me a chat bot to like talk to it and like spit out information i should be able to connect that to my guru and my notion and people in my sales team should be able to query that and like that by now it's been a year like hubspot should have had that functionality built out it's and then we have hacky of... people we have hacky people like you they're just like do 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 and that breaks my brain. I don't I don't understand why like these really large organizations have like not been able to 
stay with innovation when I, it, I, it's I guarantee true they have it's legal. I guarantee it's you legal. So? Hell yeah, mm. dude. We're having this with enterprise where it's like they don't know even how it works. So we're having to like educate them like this is how an open source model mm. functions. Like, like, and, and it's totally, this isn't their expertise. Of course, like, yeah, we're happy to do this, but it's like, that's the, that's what we're coming at, you know? Like, so imagine like I'm HubSpot, like I'm a C-suite person and like, mm-hmm. I'm there to not get fired. Like, <laughs> like an employee's like real goal a lot of the times, right? Mm-hmm. Different in early stage and depending yeah. on the company you work at. But like most of the time, like the actions I make are so that I don't get fired. And so I think with that as context, I'm trying to is that like these large corps, there's probably people that are trying to do this but mm-hmm. they're going to be fighting legal. They're going to be trying to get buy-in internally. There's all the political bullshit that happens. So everybody's like, oh, they're not adopting it fast. It's like, yeah, they're not adopting it fast because it's like five years until, like that's that how long some of these decisions make to even like be apparent. Also, this happens all the time. Like the other thing of this, like I, I'm going to comment on your thought of like, mm-hmm. oh, the, the, the top point, like is there's just going to be these winners, like, you know, OpenAI is going to be this winner or Microsoft is going to be this winner. I totally disagree. Because hmm. there are email senders that are valued more than SendGrid, but SendGrid is powering them. <laughs> like Clavio or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. and, and don't quote me on this, but th- that idea is like, that's the core of this idea, right? Like mm-hmm. sometimes these base level like solutions, they aren't actually the value, right? It's the thing that's built on top of it is where all the value is captured. And this happens all the time, like in, in so many different places. Like where base level technology is not actually the thing where like, you know, all the values mm-hmm. it, it can be extracted from. Yeah, no, we think about that a lot, right? Like we we have our API and then we have our core product and it's like, which is more valuable? Well, when people order through the core product, not necessarily the API. Yeah, I, I, I think it depends on like how large and how fractured is the market, you know? But like if you can capture everything at the top or like a big chunk of that, like that's worth a lot, you know? It doesn't matter what market you're in. Wow, it's going to be crazy. That's the pop. Yeah, love it. Love it, man. Stoked to do this. So fun. I miss it. So thanks for coming on. Bye, friends.